You're listening to the AdCast, the podcast for marketers and advertisers with your host, Eric Elliott. All right, so welcome to the AdCast. Today I have a special guest in the building, the man himself, Mr. David Ayler from David Ayler Law Offices, man. Look at them. I'm getting all nervous now with old David Ayler. <laughs> no the reason for that. No reason uh, for you that. You know, so a lot of you folks, let me tell you a little bit about David. I don't want to botch this. So, David, at any time, I want you to come in and you correct me. But I want you to feel free and tell the people a little bit about yourself. Um, David, since 2007, uh, you know, he's been thriving in this law community in Charleston, in the Charleston area. He's worked around and with some of the best. He's also a prosecutor for the city of Hanahan. Uh, and prior to this, he served as assistant solicitor in the Ninth Circuit Solicitor's Office in Charleston County, too, as well. And also has three locations. I think you, Myrtle Beach, you got North Charleston, you got downtown Charleston, too, and right. Alta Walterboro. So that's four locations, right? right. Awesome. So anything else that I missed out here, David? Nothing that's too important. (laughs) So a lot of folks you guys may know or have heard, David, I mean, you you can't go anywhere in downtown without having your wrist wrapped with David Ayler's name. And and I want to talk a little bit about, you know, David, what makes you different, uh, how you separated yourself in this crowded wolf pack of attorneys, and uh, what makes David Ayler Law Offices so special. You know, um, so tell me about that. Let's talk about the wristbands, you know, because um, uh, Sparkbox here, he got uh, engaged and we went to a place called uh, Deco in Charleston. So we went there. Um, I checked in and the first thing they did, you know, me, I'm an old soul. I don't get to go out often. So they put a wristband on and David Ayler. Uh, and we had an interview with another attorney. He said, you can't go anywhere without seeing a David Ayler band on your wrist. So, David, tell me how that came about, man. You know, honestly, I wish I could say that I completely created it on my own and it was all my idea, but uh, that is not the case. Actually, there was an attorney um, that had a personal relationship and also a business relationship with just one small uh, bar up in Greenville, uh, a guy named Steve Sumner. And just because that was a local bar he was connected to, they had nights, they had bands, and it wasn't a consistent every night thing, but they would occasionally use them for events and things like some of the local bars do now where they just use them off and on and uh, you know I called him up and I said you know does this wristband thing work I had a connection to him through a friend of mine and he said yeah I don't know you know uh, I mean maybe Uh, he said it doesn't hurt and it's not extremely expensive Um, he said you know it can be a a little bit repetitive in some ways because as we all know we're all creatures of habit most often so you get a lot of people going to the same places over and over again so for him it said yeah I think probably a lot of people are seeing the same thing but hey what's different than that than what we used to see at least as gentlemen I'm not sure about the ladies bathrooms but but just a few years back in Charleston and a lot of towns, and occasionally you still see them now, mm-hmm. was to be the ads in the stalls. You know, right, uh, right. first it started off as the print ads, um, and you'd see whether it was the actual bar themselves or a restaurant telling you what they had. Then you started seeing um, other types of, you know, businesses that would put ads in there. Then it went even to the market of actual televisions and monitors, which I don't think that worked out too well just because of what people do, rip them off, that sort right. of thing. Uh, so that's really sort of where I said, you know, this wristband thing could work, but I would want to 
expand it because if your favorite bar is where we put them because we're friends with the people there we represent them that's great but you already know me and after about the fifth time you've put it on you're really not looking at it anymore right, <laughs> right, right. you're just putting it on because you have to so you can go inside and enjoy yourself yeah uh, so what we really started to do was to look to see how can we expand the wristband market um, here in the low country and not just expand it within um, you know bars or restaurants that sort of thing but also events so we look at a certain type of event we'd be involved in sponsoring a lot of times there was a, a charitable aspect of it and say hey you know not only do we want to you know provide some financial backing but we'd also like to use a little of our um, you know whatever it may be swag it would be koozies. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly and say you know wristband so for instance we might uh, there might be an art walk which would be a different type of crowd right. than more likely than not that would come to like deco uh-huh. so those people probably don't know who David Ayler is or David Ayler law offices uh, but then they're going to get a wristband and you know maybe they're not the type that go out that often uh, we expanded it even more working with the river dogs uh, you have so many different types of people that come to the baseball games whether it be true river dogs fans local folks that support all the time people that occasionally go out to baseball games or tourists that are just in town and have heard great things about it uh, so you, you really start to start to getting variety of the type of people uh, that you know are wearing the wristbands yes there's a lot of repetitiveness in some of the places but our main goal was to as you pointed out early spread it around as much as right. possible and hit different diversity uh, within the groups that we're going to be wearing them it was hard to miss it i mean so obviously it's kind of helped you kind of build trust with uh, that crowd that goes out i mean and you get them a little young and old because if you're talking about the river dogs that's not a younger person's thing that's that's right. more of a family event so right. you're building trust with families through through doing things like that yeah and you also you give you an easy example not to give away all the secrets you know give an example no like, sauce <laughs> here, uh you know pet helpers something like that a, a good organization you support them uh they wear your wristbands people notice that they yeah. pay attention to that and uh you know then they think about hey that lawyer supporting something i care about and it gives you a little bit of brand loyalty to that person and right, to their right. organization so there's several different you know sort of ways that you can really use it uh to benefit you and then at the end of the day yeah there is going to be some of that repetitiveness where someone who's worn 50 of them over the last two or three years isn't even paying attention mm-hmm. um you know sometimes people have other bands and say i'm wearing your wristband i'll take a picture and i'll say if you read it that's not even my name that's somebody else but wow. they're just so used to exactly wow well tell me about your firm david um i mean you know you you have aggressively market marketed yourself and your firm in a different way now Tell me about some of the cases that you handle. I mean, because you can do a personal injury case and you can do a criminal defense case. Uh, tell me about your firm and, and how you're able to do so well at both. Well, you know, really we started, obviously, my background was in criminal defense, um, you know, from my time as clerkship with Andy Savage as well as other attorneys. And I started working with another legend around here by the name of Steve Schmutz, who I still work with a lot, and they're primarily criminal defense. And so that was sort of what I really sort of jumped into. Uh, but then from that, I, I started to notice that, you know, one, competition was starting to rise. Mm-hmm. Um, and then beyond that, you wanted to diversify just like you can in any type of business, if at all possible. You, you can't be everything for everyone. One, but that doesn't mean that you can't be, uh, you know, pretty successful or good at a few things. We're not allowed to use the word expert in South Carolina with, right. uh, with attorneys. So, I'll use the word uh, expert for me. How about that? Uh, that that's fine. <laughs> and I just no comment. But so w- when we started looking at personal injury cases, um, you know, it, it was an avenue that obviously there's a lot of them out there. There's obviously also a lot of competition oh, out yeah. there. But we felt like if we'd already built up a name in town, and I say we, it goes way beyond just me, and it goes with all my staff 100%. and my marketing group and everybody 
everybody that's involved to really look at it and say, these people already know who we are. They trust us maybe because we had helped someone that they live next door to, that they used to date, uh, that they go to church with, or whatever the case may be. That trust has already been built to some degree, maybe through some criminal defense work. And then you can really use that to kind of you know parlay into other types of cases. Because one thing that I think is important is we all see the paper every day or you go online, read the news, that sort of thing. You, know, you don't see a whole lot of articles written on um, or news coverage written on uh, civil litigation, unless it's some huge lawsuit or if it's someone that's, uh, you know, whether it be locally famous or, you know, nationally or internationally mm-hmm. famous, little car wrecks, different things like that. Someone gets hurt really bad at work. It's a horrible situation for that family, but it's not newsworthy. Right. Criminal, on right. the other hand, various types of cases of, of all genres within the criminal, those get the news. And when they get the news, that means usually a lawyer's name is going to be connected to it. Yeah. So from a promotional side of it, and it, it just really comes naturally where you're going to have your name out there because of the criminal work. Mm-hmm. There's some attorneys in town that if I named five of them right now, you would say you've never heard of any of them. Right. And I could tell you that they are some of the most successful attorneys um, from how they represent their client and the results that they get in this city. Um, and they do that through referral services and they do that through reputation. But it's completely different mm-hmm. because their name's not going to be outside of a lawyer magazine or something like that where they're showing verdicts or they're showing settlements. Their name's not going to be on the front page of Post and Courier. They may have you know settled a case for $3 million yesterday. You'll never see it. Right. But you will see if uh, somebody that works for the mayor's office gets a DUI, right? You right. know, I mean, so it's the difference of that criminal sort of coverage that you get and you use that from the popularity standpoint of people are interested in criminal shows, criminal TV channels, and you see how much we see all the documentaries, all, as you know, podcasts left and right. Exactly. Um, And it's a little bit different on the civil side. So that's why you see as much as you do the advertising uh, for civil type of cases. And when I say civil type of cases, of course, I mean personal injury, truck accidents, um, car wrecks in general, uh, different things like that. You don't see a lot of lawyers get on television and say, I can help you get out of your DUI, or I can help you with your drug charge. You occasionally you'll see that, or somebody may, you know, talk about a little bit their experience working in criminal. But most often, the real mass marketing is going to that civil side because that's the way that you can get coverage to show, hey, this is what I do. Because otherwise, a lot of times outside of word of mouth, which we know is the best type of recognition you can 100%. get, um, people aren't going to know who you are unless you're within the legal community. Mm-hmm. So, like you. you you brought up there's there could be an attorney that actually could could have settled a suit for three million dollars yesterday could be one of the top attorneys you never even hear their name i mean how do they function in this competitive world and i know word of mouth is very important but how do they function without anyone knowing exactly who they are and it's so crowded because there's there's students being pumped in to the to to the law space every day. You yeah, know? Exactly. And the way that a lot of them function is through reputation. And what I mean by that is uh, another attorney that maybe, let's say, a real estate attorney uh, gets a tractor trailer accident because he's connected with the people, then they're in his Sunday school class. Got it. Well, he knows that he can't handle that case, mm-hmm. uh, not because he's not intelligent enough or she's not intelligent enough, just because it's not what they're experienced in. So then they will work with another attorney who they know because they are in with the industry that that attorney or that firm is, you know, handles 
those type of cases. They end up working out splits on the fees, and that's how a lot of the cases come through. They come through referral-based systems. Um, there's one attorney um, that I can think of named Nathan Huey. He uh, does a lot of nursing home cases, um, and he's by far one of the best in town, uh, probably arguably the best in the state, not saying there's not a lot of other great firms that do it, but Nathan is, is really got that niche. So got there's it. a lot of attorneys where you may not know who he is. Mm-hmm. He does not do a whole lot of marketing or anything like that, but there's you know, a handful of attorneys, probably more than that, that, hey, they get a nursing home case. They don't know all the ins and outs. They don't know all the games that are played by the insurance company, but they know a guy that does, mm-hmm. and they trust that person, and they work with that person. So a lot of times it's partnerships. Um, and then also it's uh, sometimes just people that are sort of out there working for you in the community, you know, people that you hire that are your investigators, that sort of thing, uh, actual employees of you, uh, yours that actually can refer in cases. And that's something that we always encourage as well. Uh, we do it a lot within our motorcycle division of our office. Um, we really built that up over the last six years. It started from an idea when, unfortunately, we had a passing uh, of a very prominent attorney in town actually on a motorcycle who represents a lot of the motorcycle clubs. Uh, he represented a lot of the riders around wow. the area. Now, there's national firms, uh, Law Tigers, different ones, uh, Tom McGrath. Uh, they do work all over the country. But locally, there wasn't anyone that really took that space. So our riders law group came in as a niche and took that space. And within that is my investigator, who actually is my cousin as well. And he's been with us. We all ride. He rides and hits a lot more um, events than I'm able to hit and, and really has put put our name within that market. We do a rolling bike night every month uh, for about seven or eight months of the year uh, with a charity and different bars and restaurants with live music and things like that. And so that's just another angle where you get in and then attorneys call us and say, hey, I don't handle a lot of motorcycle cases, but I know but you, you guys it. do. Wow. And then you work with them. So and then it, there goes it's, your niche like, like uh, Nathan Huey. Correct. Exactly. Yeah. And then you have other great firms, uh, like as I know your previous guest, Kenny Harrell, what him and Mark Joy do, um, you know, they handle so many different types of cases. Uh, but one thing that they're really known for is being trial lawyers, true mm-hmm. trial lawyers, right. uh, meaning that they're going to sit there at a table and turn down a mon- amount of money that you and I would probably uh, start crying if, <laughs> if we walked away from that table, you know, and so scared and nervous. Yeah. But they know what they're doing and they know how to prepare their cases. And they will say, no, I don't want your $10 million because my client deserves $18 million and I'm willing to risk uh, the case, which includes a tremendous amount of my own personal expense that the firm has put in to try this case and get what this client wants. Now, you just, you said a couple things too. One, earlier you were talking about reputation. How hard is it, you know, or does it come natural to kind of keep this good reputation, especially with being so public, you know what I mean? Is that hard at all? Do you feel any pressure at all in terms of keeping up with your reputation? Yeah, absolutely, because you're always going to have a lot of detractors. Uh, you know, just like in any industry, there's going to be people that are critical of what you do within your own industry oh, yeah. as well as from a public standpoint. Um, you know, that person's, you know, just smoke and mirrors or that firm is, you know, doesn't treat their employees right or different things like that. And you're going to, we all have Yelp. We all have Google reviews. Every Everyone's single, an editor right, now. Right, right. Every single one of them is not going to be great. You want them all to be. You want them all to be five stars, but that's just not realistic. And what I've 
really had to learn is you handle it on a case-by-case basis. Sometimes a client isn't happy. You do everything you can to make that client happy. If you have a situation with another attorney, uh, no matter if it's a civil or criminal case, one thing Steve Schmutz, who's one of my mentors, always taught me that, you know, the first person that you end up uh, getting in an argument with and saying things you shouldn't say, whether it be text, orally, or email, will be the next person you're asking a favor from within that same legal community. Wow. So that advice I've taken to heart and not always followed it, but tried very hard to because you want to be continuously, uh, even if you're on the other side, even if you don't agree, respectful of that person. And I think that comes down to respect connecting directly, of course, to humility, you know, meaning you're still willing to get out in the community. You're still willing to give your own time. You're willing to help. You're willing to not just write a check and say, hey, we're a great firm. We think you are a great group. Here's $10,000. No, here's our money and here's our back and here's our sweat and we'll be out there with you on Saturday. And that's something. Well, David, man, this has been hot the first couple of minutes, man. So what we're going to do now is we're going to take a break right now. David and I are going to get a drink of water and we're going to come right back. Sounds great. You don't need a marketing agency. You do deserve very important placement. VIP Marketing and Advertising is a cutting-edge strategic digital, creative, media, and marketing partner that provides services for businesses of all sizes. To stay up to date on the latest marketing news, subscribe for email updates at veryimportantplacement.com. All right, so I'm back here with attorney David Ayler from David Ayler Law Offices. And David just gave us a, a whole lot. We were talking about referral attorneys. We were talking about some advertising, and we were talking about his rich brands and, and also trial lawyers. But, you know, one of the things I want to kind of ask you, we, we – discuss this about you know the young attorneys coming into the market now and and you you started your practice in 2007 um what advice would you give for those new guys coming out new guys and gals coming out right now I think what's most important is a lot of the same advice that I've got. Um, and one of those, uh, part of that advice was to go meet with as many attorneys as you could. Um, and when I say meet with as many attorneys as you could, meaning attorneys that were in practice for a few years. And then, of course, many attorneys that maybe even in practice for a few decades. And so I spent a lot of time uh, under the wing of Steve Schmutz. I'd say I followed him around like a puppy for about a year, learning what to say, what not to do in court and that sort of thing. Uh, but then beyond that, didn't want just the perspective of one individual who had been successful in both criminal uh, and then, of course, civil, but also um, others. So I would call some attorneys that I didn't even know personally. Uh, Most of them were willing to meet with me, whether it was over lunch or over a drink, or they wanted me to just come by their office or we got a cup of coffee. And I'll never forget, um, there was one specific attorney, still a good friend of mine, and a very successful attorney then, very successful attorney now. And I had a buddy that kept saying, call him, he'll help you, he'll refer you cases. He's a great guy. I kept calling him, kept calling him. He kept blowing me off. I remember one of the last conversations we had was, I'm sorry, I've just been really busy renovating my kitchen. And I'm thinking, I'm really hoping to pay rent next month. And this guy's (laughs) complaining about renovating his kitchen because they put the wrong granite countertops in. Maybe this isn't the type of guy that is going to help me. I'm going to meet. Well, long story short, he finally said, just come by my office. So I went by his office and I was like, well, how's this going to go? He talked about himself a lot, but then he started giving me a lot of tips, a lot of tips to do with specifically like if and when you're able to work with the media on a case you're involved in because he had had some that sort of thing. And I kid you not, after him blowing me off for that long, 
long to the point I almost gave up short of the encouragement of my friend. He sent me and referred me more cases the first two years uh, than any other attorney I talked to. Get out of town. Yeah, and I would have, and I was this close to just saying, forget it. You, you wanted know? to see if you were hungry, probably. Yeah, I, I think so. I think so. I think he wanted to see what would happen uh, and to see how if I was going to be consistent. Um, I've been called a bulldog before. I've been called a lot worse too, but we're not going to bring that up on the podcast. But, um, <laughs> and that was something that you know he, you know, I think he wanted to see. And then you know you got to prove yourself uh, because th- that's again where just humbleness comes in. You're coming in. You think you're so smart, uh, or maybe you don't. Maybe you don't know what you are, and what you want to do is get that direction from you know a lot of other attorneys and i remember one getney howe also a good mentor of mine you know said you know early in the career he said you want to keep working you want to keep making sure people know you're relevant out there and he said because if they're not talking about you whether it be good or bad then you're probably not doing enough work and that's so true Um, because no matter what case you have no matter how it's handled someone's going to think it's great someone may misunderstand it and there's probably going to be someone that's critical or more than one person that's critical of it but the point is you continue to work and you move on to the next case and you move on to the next client you you've surrounded yourself definitely around some good attorneys and some good mentors so that's some good advice for some of the new folks coming up is it is it hard to market a firm now and is is it expensive Uh, one of the things a previous guest ken harrell said was you gotta have the money and and if you sit down and you watch television or listen to the radio you know lawyers advertise like car dealers now or more probably more more um is it is it expensive and what would you say to new firms trying to get into it now that think hey i can play in that game well, you know, Kenny Harrell's a great example and also someone he's a close friend of mine, someone I go to constantly for advice on whether it be a case or particularly marketing because I've seen what his firm has done over the years. And they also have a great name in town as they do a few other uh, firms of their size. Uh, and with that, they also have a lot of cases that come in and there's a lot of revenue to go to those commercials, to do those types of things. Um, and so when you're going against those sort of giants uh, for the, your legal community, it's very difficult if you're a small firm or particularly a sole proprietor. And I'll say, first of all, one mistake I've seen even some good friends of mine make um, is they'll go into the TV market. Well, let's just make up a budget of $30,000. $30,000 sounds like a lot of money because it is a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, $30,000 does not go very far no, it when doesn't. it comes to working within the media, particularly television. So they'll drop that 30 and then say, where's the results from it? You know, you've got to be ready to spend six figures, I would say minimum, if you even want to touch the TV market because of the amount of other people that are spending maybe even 10 times, if not more than that. Right. Um, so one thing that I always looked at was say, hey, I'm too broke for TV. So what can I, what can I do otherwise? Uh, radio, you mentioned that. That's yeah. something I've been involved in um, for, a for, for a very long time on, on different platforms. Uh, I came on and started that and said, look, I don't want to just be a generic commercial. I don't care if y'all do some commercials with me, but I want to come on and do what we're doing right here. I want to talk. I want people to call in, actually get to know me not just to get to hear something about me um, and that sort of thing. And that's been very successful. So I feel like there's other avenues than television. Um, of course, now uh, the Internet and you know SEO is so important because oh, uh, some people don't watch television really at all. And if they do, they watch the shows that they record. They watch things that are on Netflix, that sort of thing, um, the different streaming. So they're never even seeing. So you may be spending a lot of money on television and they're just simply not watching the commercials or they're fast forwarding through the commercials. Um, so 
that's where looking at it from the standpoint of SEO, what's your website look at? I mean, there's so many websites, including mine right now, probably has a few things that need to get changed on it. Um, you've got to stay consistent with that. You want to be high in those rankings because people's you know, natural reaction now, if they're not looking and influenced by the TV or radio, is to go on the website or maybe they see your name in the paper or they see it actually on television or here on the radio. What's the first thing mm-hmm. they're going to do to learn more about you than that 45 seconds? Mm-hmm. They're going to that website. So, you know, the SEO side of it, I think we're seeing some younger firms do very well within their marketing. You have your pay-per-click with Google, Facebook ads, different things like that. Uh, The more types of ways that uh, marketing folks can make money, they're going to make money, and lawyers are definitely going to be one of their number one clients. No, I agree with you 100%. I think uh, the, the younger folks kind of, they grew up with it. They grew up with it. They're more familiar with the SEO. And whereas, you know, some of the more established or longer established firms, some of them, they're, they're just now getting on it to it. So they didn't kind of it, – it's new. It's a new language to them almost, you know. Particularly when you have older partners who say, hey, we've been doing TV ads since 1984. They're doing pretty well for us. I think everybody here that's partners of this firm are doing well. Why do you all want to get into this whole Internet thing? Well, then they slowly learn why. And you can do both. And uh, Joy Law Firm is a great example of someone that does very good television but then also has a very strong presence on the web has the internet changed your business it absolutely has um it has um on several levels um you know one from people learning more about you when they've heard your name or maybe just seen your wristband and so i think that helps as well but also getting contact with people meaning they send you uh, web inquiries it may just be basic questions uh, uh trying to chat online it's 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 interesting how different people go about communicating for instance you know i have a website several different phone numbers ways to reach me but someone will contact me personally on my own personal facebook Isn't page something yeah i'm not a big uh, social media guy myself on a personal side of things um but i still have it and it's so odd someone uh and then just yesterday a, a girl i went to college with text me just to tell you how has known me all my life or has known me for at least the last 20 years knows i'm an attorney and said to me and lives here and said hey do you know any lawyers that um do uh, car accident cases she knows me very well. She knows I'm an attorney. She's seen my advertising in different various forms. And her question was, do I do car accident cases? So that just shows you people pay attention to different things depending on who the person is and, you know, what type of lifestyle they live and what other things they're involved in. They're going to have a lot more interest. And the other part about lawyers, whether it's a car wreck, it's a bankruptcy, um, it's a criminal charge, you know, those aren't types of things you want to keep on top of mind as far as, man, I can't wait for this to happen, yeah. you know. Um, but that's where the lawyer side of things is a little bit different than your maid service. Everybody wants to have somebody clean their house. So that's something that's kind of constant. You want to know who's good. A painter. You want to know a good painter. You want to know a good body shop guy. A lot of people don't want to know a good lawyer till they have to have a good lawyer. And that's just human nature. So when they have to find that lawyer and they don't have a personal connection, that's where that top of mind really comes into play. Man, David, you said everybody wants something. I'm going to tell you what everybody wants. They want to hear more of us. So we're going to end this today on part one. I think we got more to cover. Absolutely. All right. So this has been the AdCast with attorney David Ayler. David, awesome. Thanks Thanks for having me. Awesome. Thank you for listening to the AdCast, the podcast for marketers and advertisers. Please be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever podcasts are found. Copyright VIP Marketing and Advertising. Produced by Craft Creative. When all eyes are on you, make it count. From audio to video to graphic design and more, Craft Creative can do it all. We don't make commercials. We craft creative.
See what we can do for you at WeCraftCreative.com.